0: Hey Seattle Kraken fans, Erica L. Ayala here, your host of Locked on Kraken. We are going to talk about Maddie Beneers and talk about what kind of impact Maddie has made this season. While also looking at some data, we're gonna look at game score value added and see where Beneers falls in line with that. And is he one of the leaders in game score value added for the seattle kraken and we will also recap the rivalry series that started in british columbia and will make its way to climate pledge arena on sunday all that and more on this episode of locked on kraken you are locked on kraken your daily podcast on the seattle kraken part of the locked on podcast network your team every day we are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. We appreciate you making this daily Seattle Kraken-specific podcast a part of your Daily Listen, we even love those who make it their first listen of the day. So, I talked a lot about Brandon Tanev and Yanni Gord yesterday. I used some stats from Natural Stat Trick, and we're going to talk about them again today because I'm going back into the stats and... My eye test is being proven correct by the statistics. I always love that. But first, let's give you a little bit more context about what Maddie Beneers means to this team. Kate Shefty. For uh, the Seattle Times, has an article came out yesterday, Krakens' Matty Benier is making tremendous plays in first full season. Again, this is for the Seattle Times. I love this. I love this opening line right here. I feel like I've said this a handful of times on the Seattle Kraken podcast. So here we go. Quote, through 26 career NHL games, Maddie Beneers has played like a missing piece for the Kraken on both ends of the ice. Kate, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and, and then she goes on to say in the very next sentence, and this I think is very apropos to where we are right now, every game won't be won for the books. But Coach Dave Haxtell has repeatedly referenced the 20-year-old rookie's uncommon confidence. This is now Kate quoting Dave Haxtell. He's a young centerman in this league. His effort and his intentions are outstanding. His confidence is a real strength. Playing up the middle, you have so many different responsibilities. With and without the puck, he's got outstanding instincts. That doesn't mean there's not going to be different challenges when you're on the ice consistently against other teams' top players, but he's ready to handle that growth. I love this. Um, you know, Matty Beneers, I think we have not seen the point per game player that we saw early on. I think that's okay. That being said, he's still finding ways to impact the game in other ways. And I love that. Um, you know, I absolutely love that. Um, and this is what Yanni Gord, who I have been telling you, and we'll talk about Yanni Gord a little bit later in this episode. I've been really high on how Yanni Gord and Brandon Tan have been playing. So let's go to Kate's article. This is what Yanni Gord had to say about Maddie Beneers. Um, I would probably be in the corner because I over-skated it. Now, this is talking about a specific play. Um, y- you can read the article, but... I- This is what Yanni, this is the piece that I think is important. He knows where to be. He makes tremendous plays, heads-up plays all the time. And then Kate talks about practice. Yes, a little reporting from practice. I told you the Seattle Kraken had a bit of an extended practice. I love that. They have practice today. I love that. It's not optional, wasn't optional either time. I love that. Anyway, I digress. Um, Kate writes, here we go. After crack in practice, Tuesday, Veneers brought up his team worth minus nine plus minus rating. He's been on the ice for nine more goals against than four in certain situations. It's a stat that doesn't tell the whole story, but he's heard about it. We're winning, so is his response to that. That's not the best. Outside of that, I think I'm playing a lot better in the D zone. I think that's helping me get to offense faster. And Gord agrees by saying he's actually worked on his defensive defensive zone game so much. You can see his improvement. And I've talked before, um, and I love that we got some reporting from practice because we didn't get any player quotes. For those of us who are not at practice, we didn't get any player quotes. So that's why I really liked this Kate Shefty article. But um, (sighs) – This goes on to just talk about how smart Maddie Beneers is. Is he doing everything flawlessly? No. No, and I've noticed it, and I think we've noticed that production offensively also. We haven't seen a Manny Banier's point in a little while, but if you watch the Seattle Kraken games, you do see that he makes impact. He He's making an impact on the game, which is what I love. And for a teammate like Yanni Gord, who's working so hard, we talked about some of the uh, puckmoney.com, actually stats, which Kate talks about in this article. And Yanni Gord is a player that's, giving you action and doing positive things to impact the game in all three zones. And so if Yanni Gord is noticing that, if he's taking the time to acknowledge, and I mean, Kate obviously wrote this article, so wanted to talk about veneers, but if he's identifying that, I think that's a good thing. He's blocked 12 shots. He sits 44.4 on the faceoff dot. And uh, he's right in between centerman Yanni Gord, 46.1 and Wenberg, 43.5%. So he's in the mix here. He's definitely in the mix. Um, And then Kate goes on to say, two-way play is often a work in progress for young centers. Same goes for Veneers, but he's already one of Seattle's best forwards at helping the defense move the puck out of the offensive zone. I agree with this. I have noticed that he has been... um, Turned over, He's he's been um, essentially stripped of the puck a little bit more often than we were seeing earlier. That, I think, is also team scouting for Maddie Beneers. I mean, I talk about Maddie beners all the time on this podcast because of the way he impacts the game. So as the scout comes, he'll start adding other things to his repertoire. I've talked on this show about how Matty Beneers is amazing. He's amazing at being able to improve every day. Um, So, and then here's, I'd mentioned this. This is where Kate closes. His almost point-per-game pace after joining the Kraken in mid-April drew considerable attention. Um, And Gord, again, talking about Maddie Beneers from Tuesday's Practice. I love how Yanni Gord answered these questions about Beneers. I'm sad that I didn't get to hear it firsthand, but I love Kate Shefty's reporting on it. This is what Gord had to say as we close out this article. There's not a lot of players like him. He's done a tremendous job in his first almost 30 games. He's very involved. He loves to be a part of every conversation. So that lifelong learner, I've talked about that before on Squadcasts and on this podcast. He is going to make mistakes. He's still very much a rookie. But that he's energized by the opportunity to get better. He has... What in basketball, a lot of people call the Mamba mentality, which of course comes from Kobe Bryant. Now, I will be honest with you. I was never the biggest Kobe Bryant fan. I thought his fandom kind of superseded people's conversations as far as the tactical skill of what was happening on the basketball court. That being said, that's not who Kobe was. That's who Kobe fans are. Kobe Bryant was a student of not even just basketball, but of excellence. I think Maddie Beniers has some of that in him. We are going to keep this train rolling. We have some other things to talk about, including Yanni Gord and Brandon Tanev. That's my new favorite combo and impact players. Maddie Beniers is going to get there, but right now, that guy for us, we've got two of them, in my opinion. Let's talk about it, but I want to make sure that you know that today's episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Built Bar. All right. Are you are you still here with me? Can you eat? I just want to make sure I have, I have I have your attention. I have your attention. OK, great, because there are some reimagined Built Bar flavors that you're not going to want to miss as we close out. 2022 white chocolate peppermint granola it's built take on a granola bar so it's even more filling and it's insanely tasty and a candy cane brownie puff built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud which also happens to be packed with protein so built bar once again is showing that they are here to revolutionize Absolutely to revolutionize nutrition as we know it. And of course, they do it with 100% real chocolate coating all of their bars. 17 grams of protein and shockingly low sugar and calorie numbers on most of their bars, hovering right around 130 to 150 calories. You can sink your teeth into these and know that these magical, wonderful, tasty, delicious built Bars are going to help you meet your energy goals your wellness goals your nutritional goals um so you got to try it you will get 15 percent one five percent off your off your order right now if you use promo code locked 15 at built.com again candy cane brownie peppermint chocolate peppermint granola the cookie dough topper oh my goodness. All of these delicious flavors that will get you in the holiday mood. So go to built.com, use promo code locked 15 for 15% off your next order of built bars. Happy snacking. As always, I want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala, built bar fan. Um, But once you finish up, maybe grab a built Bar as a snack. Make sure you also head over to listen to Locked On Sports today. That's going to give you the most... That's going to give you the biggest stories in sports. You'll go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts that will give you insights that only... Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on the app where you're listening or watching right now, which of course includes YouTube, any of your audio platforms. And uh, we hope you give that a listen. But we're going to continue chugging along. I talked about a stat. We're going to go to the athletic for this. It's called Game Score Value Added. I actually have been using this game score. Uh, We have someone in the Premier Hockey Federation ranks that's been doing some of this for women's hockey, which I absolutely love. But game score value added. We have an update from the leaderboard, game score value added. And what I love is that you can use this article at The Athletic and you can, of course, uh, sort by team. So first want to give you the Seattle Kraken leaders. And as you may have guessed, the leaders are none other than Brandon Tanev, and Yanni Gord. Uh, GSVA for Tanev is 0.6. GSVA for Yanni Gord is a 0.5. And Maddie Beniers rounds out kind of our top 10 here um, who actually have at least above zero. Beners at a point two so I do think that his productivity and his again game score value added which is kind of a maj Page statistic but in in my way of saying it it's like giving you everything um, and the kitchen sink. Brandon Tannev and Yanni Gord have been doing that for the Seattle Kraken. I'm not surprised to see their numbers up there. Kind of middle of the pack at a point three. We have a few players. It's uh, Jaden Schwartz, Alex Wenberg, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Morgan Geeky, Jared McCann, and Andre Burakovsky. Then Eberle is right there at point two with Maddie Benares, and Coleman and Donato at uh, a goose egg. Um, they average out to a zero. So um, interesting stat here. Um, I, I like to see it. Um, I think, you know, we're going to continue to see Maddie Meneers get comfortable. Just for a point of reference from Dallas, Jason Robertson has the top GSVA score of a 1.3. So Taniv at a 0.6 uh robertson at a 1.3 we have the top the top nine players really nine through 15 i guess players are all at one or better then you have patrice bergeron at a point nine so you know this is this is some players i mean sebastian ajo is on here uh, malkin is on here you see um nathan mckinnon at one exactly. Matthew Tuchuk right behind Connor McDavid, who, of course, is right behind Robertson. So, Jack Eichel, <laughs> Jack Eichel, man, Buffalo, are you kind of maybe wishing? Anyway, that's uh, not my business, not my podcast. I'm very curious to hear from uh, maybe Buffalo and Vegas about how they feel that whole surgery situation went. Anyway, so are, are, is Tanev and Yanni, are Tanev and Yanni Gord elite in this stat? No, not yet but they are best for the Seattle Kraken. We know that the Seattle Kraken is not an elite team yet. They're playing well, and they're they're able to get wins because of the work ethic of Brandon Tan of Yanni Gord, and I would say also Maddie Beneers. He has to just learn how to facilitate a little bit differently, as in my opinion, the scout on him is out. Okay, so... Again, the Seattle Kraken have practice today. Another thing that I want to talk about, I didn't have time to talk about it really. Uh, you know, we had to talk about the Susie stuff. We had to, you know, we talked about Philip Grubauer coming back. But the lines have been changing here. And so Wenberg was centering Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand. Um, so Burakovsky, usually on the left and Bjorkstrand on the right. Um, let's just see. Let's see. I have one here for you. So this is from Pittsburgh. So you can see Burakovsky, Wenberg, Bjorkstrand, Schwartz, Beniers, Eberly I should say I'm reading for those listening on audio. I'm reading from left to right. So um, again, that second line was Schwartz, Beneers, Eberly, McCann, Gord, Tanev, Donato, Geeky, Sprung. We have seen Yanni Gord play wing a little bit. This is what I'm reading was from the October 29th game against the Penguins. It's up on the screen for those watching on YouTube. I want to show you, though, what the lines look like against the Winnipeg Jets. They changed up a little bit. So Burakovsky was on the right-hand side, and then Schwartz moves up to the left Wenberg centering that line. So just to read from left to right, 17, Jaden Schwartz, 21, Alex Wenberg, 95, Andre Burakovsky. I'm going to I'm going to bring that screen up again in a little and go through the rest of the lines. But the reason I wanted to mention it is because that's something that Dave Haxtell wanted to try against Winnipeg. But after that game, he talked about how he really doesn't know if it's working yet because of how many penalties and the weird cadence of that game. So what are we going to see tomorrow when the Seattle Kraken play what is technically my hometown team, the New York Rangers? We got to check it out. But um, let's take you back to these lines. I'm going to read through the lines. And also, I'll read the D pairs because it's worth noting, of course. Jamie Alexiak out with a, um, with a lower body injury. Okay, so the second line is on the left, going from left to right. Jared McCann, Maddie Beniers, Jordan Eberly. Brandon Tanev, Yanni Gord, Oliver Bjorkstrand. So, Schwartz and Bjorkstrand, um, they don't do a, a, a clean swap because McCann bumps up to that second line now that he's back in the lineup. Bjorkstrand drops down to that third line. I actually... Think this could be a lot of fun because I've mentioned, and Allison Lucan talked about it earlier in the season. I guess right before the season, when she joined us on Locked on Crackus. on Kraken, excuse me, how sneaky Oliver Bjorkstrand can be. He is really racking up the assists. I'd like to see more goals. We talked about that on yesterday's show when we did kind of um, players that are on pace for certain things. I talked about Yanni Gord. I talked about Brandon Tanev, but some of that data also came from Kraken season if you follow them on Instagram. But Bjorkstrand's sneaky... Sneaky good facilitator is, I will never forget that Alison Lucan said that, and she's been accurate. Uh, why I would doubt her, who knows? I, I, because I wouldn't. But um, I would like to see maybe a few more goals. I don't know that he gets more goals, but I think he can definitely facilitate more goals for Yanni Gord and Brandon Tanev. And so while generally speaking, as I show this up on the chart again, just to close this out, Ryan Donato on the left, Morgan Geeky in the middle, and Carson Coleman on the right-hand side. That was the fourth line for the Winnipeg Jets on Sunday. I do want to talk about the defensive pairs. We'll get there in a minute. Um, I... I like this, I again, we don't know if that's exactly what we're gonna see. Dave Haxtell should be talking to media, actually right around the time I'm recording right now, so I won't have that for this episode, but make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. That's the best way to get more information. I can put up those media availabilities and give you some instant reactions. Of course, also make sure you follow at Locked on Cracking either on Instagram or on Twitter. We have a Facebook page just in case some of these social media sites get a little bit um, un- unruly. Uh, you can take that as you will. Anyway, um, I'm very curious to, to see how, how this is going to play out. With these new lines, do we see different lines again? Um, Okay, so the the D pairings. It was Vince Dunn and Adam Larson. Uh, Vince on the left, Adam on the right. Uh, Carson Susie. we know what went down there, with Justin Schultz. And then Gustav Olofsson and Will Borgen. So uh, we'll see... Um, Generally speaking, I don't like mixing lines too much, especially when the chemistry appeared to be working. That being said, we're on a two-game skid. I don't think it's necessarily anything to worry about. The Winnipeg loss more concerning than the loss to Minnesota, though I did say that the Seattle Kraken need to win games when they have been performing better than the team that comes to their ice. Also, of course, that means... Boys, protect the house. We do not have a 500 record at home. I, um, If I knew that we would have to sacrifice what I consider a subpar home record for an overall, at the time, at the moment at least, for an overall 500 record, I don't know that I would have made my bold prediction that I really just want to see 500 overall. Ultimately, winning at home... Depending on how your schedule fares, you know, if, if we were losing home games earlier in the season, it didn't matter as much because we were on the road more. But now losing games at home matters more because we're not on the road as much. If that makes sense, am I making sense? Probably, you know, a little bit of a rant here. Ultimately, win at home. It, it's good for the fans, but uh, if you're going to be in a close game, if you can get your fan base behind you, you just can play with a little bit more gusto. You should be able to wield that as an advantage. It should be hard for people to play in Climate Pledge Arena. And unfortunately, we haven't gotten there with the evolution of this Seattle Kraken team. But speaking of, you know... Home ice, let's uh, talk about how Canada was able to perform in the rivalry series. The rivalry series is in British Columbia. They played last night. They'll play tomorrow, Thursday night, before they come back to the States and play at the one and only Climate Pledge Arena. Let's talk about that next, coming up on Locked on Kraken. As always, I want to thank you for making Locked On Kraken your first listen of the day. I already told you, head over to Locked On Sports today. We'll give you analysis from all across the sports world, like only locked on experts can do. Tomorrow's episode is a squadcast episode. I will be traveling, but I already put it in the can. Spoke to John Chick of Locked On Rangers. That's right, the Rangers are coming into Climate Pledge Arena um, before um, tomorrow's episode. I do, you know, I like to do the NHL splits just to give you a sense of how these two teams are playing. I think generally speaking, it's a pretty good matchup for the Seattle Kraken. Um It's an even matchup in that both teams kind of have to exercise some uh, things that aren't working too well for them. But let's take a look at what we have as far as the numbers on um, NHL.com. So the power play. We have a better power play at ninth overall 23.6% clip. The penalty kill—they have a better penalty kill at an 81.5% clip. Um, face-offs have been a little bit of a challenge at times for the Seattle Kraken. We're about even there. Goals for were are kind of hovering in the same area, about three goals. We give up at least two goals. Both of us were 10 and 11, with the Rangers being 10, us being 11 in that. John and I—I I will give you this. We both predicted a uh, 3-2 scoreline. I've been pretty good with my predictions regarding the scoreline. I don't always get who will win the game right, but I get the goals right. So we'll see if that fares well. If you want to know who I picked, who John picked to win the game, you already know. Either way, we both think the winner is going to score three goals, to, And so this, uh, you know... We'll see how that goes, but of course, listen to tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kraken featuring Locked On Rangers podcast host, John Chick. So I think it's gonna be a good one. I hope you enjoy it. We we have a lot of conversation that I think both fan bases will love. You see, we talked about Shisturkin. And Jones will see what everything looks like for tomorrow. Grubauer is making his way back, though. Um, Again, I'm recording this at the time. I don't have access to what Dave Haxtell and the players have said after practice. I don't even think they've gotten off of the ice yet. Uh, So I don't even even know if they're on the ice yet. Uh, No, they're not even on the ice yet or just about to get on the ice. Anyway, um, so... Listen to tomorrow's Squadcast for our thoughts on that. We're going to close the show, though. It was a good one. Between the United States and Canada, I told you that the U.S. national team, they were using Kraken Community Iceplex as their training ground before going up to British Columbia for the first two parts of the 2022 Rivalry Series, or the back end of the 2022 Rivalry Series, this one was a shootout. Oh my, and Nicole Hensley, I have a call that I use in women's hockey, it's called the tippiest of toes save. That's when the skate blade is the only thing that stopped a puck from going in and giving a goal. Nicole Hensley had a a tippiest of toes save, not just in general, not just in the shootout, but against arguably the best one-on-one player for Canada, Marie-Philippe Poulin. She stopped the golden girl herself. Wow, that was a good one. Um, So power play. Uh, The power play, seven opportunities for Canada on the power play sounds like the seattle kraken playing winnipeg holy cannoli uh the the united states went one of four um that's got that if you're if you're rooting for canada that that that's you got to fix that you got to be better on the power play the first the first power play unit for canada is Sarah Nurse, Marie-Felice Poulet, and Brianne Jenner. As someone who watched that line, they were a full line, so not a power play unit, but watching that line in the Olympics, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so they mix up the lines a little bit here. To- uh, Troy Ryan is the head coach for Canada. We'll see if they make any adjustments. Um, what I will say is the young dynamic duo of Lauren Gable and Elizabeth Giger, uh, who I believe uh, are have Sarah Nurse centering that line. Fantastic to watch. I call Premier Hockey Federation or Women's Hockey Games. Elizabeth Jiguer and Lauren Gable are on the same team with the Boston Pride. And I could not stop talking about them. I couldn't stop talking about them. My good friend Mike Murphy uh, wrote about this for the Ice Garden. Check the show notes. We'll have the link there for you. But let me just read a little bit of, of what Mike says. We can file this one under surprising to absolutely no one, but that doesn't mean this hasn't been a joy to watch. Why is it surprising to absolutely no one? Individually, these are two wonderful players. Individually, both Patty Kazmaier winners. Individually, phenomenal. But they have chemistry and history from Clarkson, now with the Boston Pride, and now with Hockey Canada. And it's fantastic to watch. I get to, uh, you know, call, I got to call their first two games in the Premier Hockey Federation. And you would have thought that these two just grew up passing the puck to each other. It it was fantastic to watch. So that's our show for today. Um, We have a game day tomorrow. So I hope that you enjoy. Tomorrow, I will be on the road. I will be traveling to call some women's hockey games. Uh, Premier Hockey Federation is back in action this weekend. And more playback watch parties. We'll be watching Friday's game. That's the uh, Toronto... No. That's the Boston Pride versus Minnesota Whitecaps. And then on Saturday afternoon, these are Eastern Standard Times, uh, it will be Toronto 6 at Metropolitan Riveters. Of course, I will have all of that information for you until tomorrow where you get our Game Day Squadcast with John Schick. My name is Erica L. Ayala. I am your host of Locked on Kraken. Be kind to yourself and to one another. Hold fast, stay true, and let's go cracking! As far as the Rivalry Series, I'll leave it up to you to decide who you want to root for. Peace!